0: I'm not fully sure that we appreciate the fact that the revelation that we celebrate today changed the world. Like I don't, I don't say that lightly. What Christianity revealed about God as a trinity is radically different than what the rest of the world believed and still believes. It changed everything. Like, we were going... Not not just a group of people. The world. Like the whole western world was going this way. And then Jesus came. And over centuries, we went this way. Yeah, it changed everything. And that's, you know, I think when we come to the feast of the most holy trinity, at least for myself, you know, I'm sitting and I'm praying through what I'm supposed to say, and I'm like, it's a mystery. Three persons, one God. Okay, go home. I don't know any more than that. That's as much as we get. And that he lives in this ex- eternal exchange of love. What changed everything is this. Two things, actually. The revelation that God is love. God is love. That that came through the Jewish people, and then the understanding of God as Father came through Christ. But more than that, what changed the history of the world was in the book of Genesis, it said that they were created in the image and likeness of God. Man and woman, he created them. That is what changed everything. You know what I'm really sick of hearing in this anti-God, mediocre, blase society that we live in is when people say, well, we pretty much all believe in the same God. Muslims, Catholics, Protestants, everything leads back to the one God and what you believe and what I believe, it's more or less the same thing. Isn't it just all God? That couldn't be further from the truth. Don't ever fall into that. First and foremost, one of the major differences, the Christian God is not like other gods. The Christian God loves you. We never knew that. We never ever knew that. The pagan gods, the gods of Egypt, the gods of Babylonians, the gods of the Greeks, the Romans, they didn't love you. They could care less about you. At best, you did everything in your power to give them right worship so they didn't kill you. Or maybe they would favor you if you did enough for them. Not so in Christianity. But the bigger thing, I think... Is this being created in the image and likeness of God? No civilization, you guys, no culture anywhere at any time taught that humans were created in God's image and likeness until the book of Genesis revealed it to us. No one believed this. Now, here's the deal. In the pagan world, some people were believed to be created in the image and likeness of the gods. Right? So you have examples of Pharaoh, Caesar, the Babylonian kings, they were seen as divine. You know that, right? When they referred to Caesar, Caesar, they referred to him as Curios, lord. It's a title of divinity. And what about everybody else? Was everybody else equal to Caesar? No. Caesar had complete dominance over every subject in the kingdom. And yet, what is so profound and yet bizarre to me is our founding fathers in this country said, they wrote this, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Sound familiar? I get some head nods? Americans? Okay. My problem with that statement is it's not true. It is not self-evident that we are created equal. Some people are smarter than other people. Some people are way more athletic. Some people are stronger. Some people are more wealthy, have greater influence, political power. If you looked at humanity, you would not say, huh, we're all created equal. Where did the Founding Fathers get that from? The book of Genesis! We were founded on a Christian principle. And this is what drives me nuts in America right now. The United States of America, all of us in this church, this city, this state, this country, who we have to thank is Jesus. The Bible. And yet, we sit on the laurels of God's revelation in His Word. And then we complain and we push Him out of the picture. We disregard His laws. And yet, the only reason that all of you in this church are free is because of Christianity. Did you know that? And yet, this world pushes Him out as fast as they can, in the name of freedom, that God is oppressive somehow. The Trinity, a God of love, is oppressive. It is not self-evident that we are created in equal. Here's the thing, too, you guys. If this is true, then that means the strongest and the weakest, the youngest and the oldest, the greatest athlete to the handicapped child, from the baby in the womb to the adult. We are all equal in the eyes of God. And if we really believe that, think about how different this world would be. But we don't, I think. We believe that some are better than others. Remember when I was at, during September 11th when the planes crashed into the twin towers? I was watching the news. I think everybody was watching the news at that point. And there was a news anchor, pretty famous guy, and he was off camera or he was on camera. And somebody gave him a piece of paper off camera, and he read it, and then very somberly looked into the camera, and he said, "This I just learned the origin and destination of one of those planes. That's a flight that I've often taken. It's not unusual to see celebrities on that plane." There might well have been some important people on that flight. Some. As if the other ones that died were nothing. What, what was he talking about? Was he, he wasn't talking about everybody. He was talking about those with influence, those with money, those with power. Those people, we should lament that they died. Forget about the other ones. They were insignificant. Not in the eyes of the Christian God. Not in the eyes of the Christian God. Make no mistake. The God you worship is the God you will become like. This is a principle of human nature. If God is, you see him as some distant being who doesn't really care, who's somewhat behind the workings of the universe, then that's how you're going to live. You'll have no depth to your relationships. You'll wander through this life really not sure what's going on, if there's any meaning. You'll be distant from people. If you worship money, you'll become interested in money. If you worship power, you'll become interested in power. But if God is more than that, and that's what this feast day is trying to tell us. If God is love, then when you worship him, you guys, you become love. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but about a year ago, some friends of mine, they- rallied together and they were like, you, you have to watch this TV show. I don't watch a lot of TV. Sports maybe, but like actual TV. And they said, you got to watch it. It's fascinating. You're going to love it. And the, the show is Vikings. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it is a, it's a little graphic. It's no friend of the church for sure. But there was something about this series besides the epic battle scenes, which are awesome. <clears throat> And I am a descendant of the Vikings, if you couldn't tell from my physical physique. But why are you laughing? <laughs> but there is something about the history of the Northmen that was gripping to me, the storyline for sure, with its, you know, treachery and betrayal and all this stuff and cliffhangers at the end of every episode. But it wasn't until I was praying through the readings today that I understood what was grabbing me with this whole series. It's how they live. And how they live is conditioned about what they believe in the pagan gods and in the afterlife. Why were the Vikings barbaric people that raped and pillaged? Like when they defeated a people, they didn't even keep the land. They just burned it and left. Why? Why? I don't know if you know this. I'm not just watching the show. I'm actually researching a little bit about Vikings too. Their heaven was called Valhalla. Valhalla was a great palace and this huge hall. And all of the warriors that had died heroically in battle. They came to this great hall and they ate the flesh of a boar that was sacrificed and they drank liquor from the udders of a goat. And their sport was they would fight each other to the death. And at the end, they would all fall asleep and the next day rise and do it again. Their greatest goods in this world were partying, pleasure, and war. Is it any wonder, you guys, that they were a barbaric nation? What they wanted to do was die in battle heroically. How do you stop a people like that? And yet, in that series, and they do a good job of this, they show the difference between the Vikings, the Northmen, and the Franks, and the English, who are Christians. They're much more civilized. There's much more calm and peace. There's a clearer understanding of family. The Vikings didn't care about life. They killed their own people. Their greatest worship service was every nine years. They would go to the temple and they would sacrifice 99 of their own people to appease the gods and drink their blood. Do you think they had a care in the world about the dignity of human life? And so what you, will, what you worship, you will become. We believe that God is a trinity. An eternal exchange of love. Therefore, the more we worship the true God, the more we become a civilization of love. If we're creating His image and likeness, we're not created for power. We're not created for war. We're not created for wealth. We're created for relationship. To love one another. He didn't just say that because He had some good ideas. He said it because He was God and He was telling us who we are to be. When will we take Him at His word? And really treat each other as equals because the further we push him out of society the more barbaric and depraved we will become and that is exactly what's happening in America right now everyone has forgotten the God who set them free Jesus on this feast of the most holy trinity help us to really believe that what you revealed about God in himself is true that we are equal And that we are made for relationship. So that we might become a people who knows they were created by love and for love. Amen.